right, well, welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. Download us, rate us, five stars. We need them, we want them. We like them, Brian. Heck yeah. Big big Nets news. I mean, this is a breaking news podcast, Brian. This is a big day. Um. Well, uh, the, the Nets have added to their coaching and scouting staffs. Um, this is why we're, no, that's not actually why we're potting, but we felt what we are going to do on this episode is we're going to do our, this is our version of season in review. This is our season superlatives. Um, you know, what's going on, Mike right now, the Miami heat and the Boston Celtics and the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks are all playing. And we're here to talk about Prigione's and splitters. Because we're diehard. <laughs> we ride or die with this squad. Have you been watching any playoffs, Mike? I've been, I mean, of course I'm watching the Wizards. I'm living and mostly dying by the Wizards, but I'm seeing a lot of that. Dude, um, are the 76ers about to come out of the East? The Cavs don't want this. They don't want it. It's kind of nuts that, so we're going to live, so my whole like overall headline for this playoffs is already of like, um, this will be the transformational, the inflection point playoffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had gone through this Warriors versus Cavs, you know, trilogy. And, you know, we, we, we were happy with it the first time. Then we were happier with the second time. And then we kind of got bored by it. Now what we're seeing is not only are we seeing, you know, new teams I think are going to represent each conference. We are also seeing sort of teams that are going to be breaking up. I mean, this thing with the, the Utah Jazz beat the Thunder. This has been said, but like Paul George is gone. Yeah. From the Thunder. So then Paul George goes to the Lakers probably. So that changes the Lakers. And then does that affect what the Spurs do? Because maybe uh, now that the Lakers can sign Paul George, maybe they'll be willing to trade to try to get Kawhi Leonard, even though we know you know, they're not going to part with Kawhi with San Antonio. Why? They have a ton of stuff. I mean, if they, got, if they packaged Ingram, Hart, I don't know who else on a pick. Kuzma. Kuzma, Dude. sure. Well, I don't know if Lonzo would Dude, be going. Do you, the you say no to that? I say yes to that for Kawhi. Come on, after everything's gone all, they've poisoned the well. You know he doesn't want to play there right now. I mean, and that's the thing. So, like, there's this belief among the the people in the NBA that's like the Spurs aren't dumb, and it is a dumb move to trade Kawhi, but is also they are intelligent, and I'm giving them this credit by saying if they realize that this situation is like irreconcilable, irre- what's the word? Yeah, irreconcilable. You got it. Thank you. Um, if it is that, I think they will quickly realize we got to make a move and we got to make a trade and we have to get out of this because they're heading in a destination point where, like, let's say Kawhi doesn't even want to come back to start next season. Um, then, so then, what are you? What is Greg Popovich going to do? What is the rest of the team going to do? Ginobili's probably gone. Ginobili's probably coming to Brooklyn for, for an assistant <laughs> GM position. Um, <laughs> Which is something like I did think about with Pablo Prigioni that like is I don't know why this would be the gateway to to more Argentinians running the team, but Ginobili, that's how it happens. You let one in, chain migration. <laughs> what's the is that the what's the um, the caravan? Yeah, yeah, the, ca- <laughs> yeah, the, caravan. the Trump caravan. Uh, well, I don't think it's called the Trump caravan, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, so okay. Let's do a quick thought before we do superlative. Quick thought about the assistant coach hire and the scouting hire. So wait, I don't want to. I don't want to pivot too far away from the playoffs because I have a hot take. I have a Skip oh, Bayless esque hot take. Oh, I love it. You ready? Yes. Ben Simmons mm. is a winner. 
You heard it here first. <laughs> I watched that guy in game, whatever, three or four, whatever it was, run down the court, knee James Johnson in the sack, come back, <laughs> set a heavy shoulder screen on Dwayne Wade that took him out, go right back down, and then knee James Johnson in the face while he was like trying to get back up in like five minutes. The guy is, he's the passive aggressive, dirty player, like of the Reggie Miller type ilk. And the guy's a winner, Mike. You heard it here first. Well, like, so I remember during his draft, the big headline from him was that he kind of, remember he left LSU sort of, he like stopped playing basketball for them. He basically left the school. Um, The team sucked. I don't think they made the tournament that year, right? I think his team did not make the tournament, which is crazy to think about. Um so I was going to have a take. I remember researching this take. I researched my takes that um, any guy who actually ended up being good in the top end of the draft had played for a winning team in college. Basically, it's like Ben Simmons is not going to be good because he played for a college team that was bad. Um, that did not prove out in my research. I did not put that out there. And it's, as you're saying, like you see him in these playoffs. It's evident that like he's got um, some cojones, you know? Like he, mm-hmm. he's not just some guy who likes to score and pass the ball a little bit. Like he is, he is a real sort of motivation on the court to make winning basketball plays constantly and to win the game. And so, like, I do want to like pull it back maybe to the NBA draft with the Nets for a second. Is that like maybe don't worry about if a guy that they draft is from a college that did not win basketball games because ultimately, mm-hmm. it, if Ben Simmons comes from a team that couldn't make the tournament, and now he's you know one of the ascendant young players in the NBA. And showing that he's a winner, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's probably, you know, a a bell curve with that. Like, for every Ben Simmons, there's a Carmelo Anthony, you know? Um, Stop. (laughs) Well, what do you mean? Well, Carmelo was a a winner winner in college and a loser loser in the pros. Yeah. I mean, I think Carmelo is crazy. I mean, this fact that I think what he's a Christian Leitner. He was like, Carmelo was like, oh, was 0 for 6 in the last game. Um, the yeah. Thunder Jazz game, which is from three, over six from three, and like terrible from the rest of the field, obviously. Um, I don't know if we're like so. What I also think we need to recognize is like this Rondo sans, the fact that like Rajon Rondo is like a key player in the NBA playoffs, mm-hmm. is uh, we shouldn't declare guys dead too early. And I know people are declaring Carmelo dead. Um, I just think that. It, it, this should be the perfect team for him. Like, if he if he's Olympic mellow, which is what he wanted to be, but I do think this is probably actually not the great greatest situation for him, and he needs to. He really does actually need to be like the guy or the second guy. He cannot be the third guy, and he's effing terrible on the Thunder, man. But um, let's talk about what Tiago Splitter is going to bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that I like? I think I started tracking Tiago Splitter in like 2006 or something when I first saw his name. This was after Kenyon Martin left the team, and there was a big, wide open hole at power forward, mm-hmm. and we were looking at like Sharif Abdurrahim to fill it for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we were we were about to take anybody, and I was hot to trot for your boy Tiago Splitter for a while. Um, dodged. I'm still kind of like maybe maybe he should be playing for this team as opposed to scouting for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I'm not gonna lie, I was thinking about like he was like one of the names that was just out there. You know, like I like Splitter. Splitter had like a good playoff series with the Spurs eight years ago. And I was like, okay, give me some Splitter now that he's on. I mean, so 
okay, what does this mean? Um, I think what it means is that it shows, again, sort of the the hires that this team makes is that Marks, both Marks and Atkinson are hiring guys who are young. You know, like Trajan Legden is the assistant GM. Um, Atkinson made a point of hiring assistant coaches who could play in scrimmages against the players, like Jock Vaughn and all the guys he's hired. He's intentionally gotten guys that could actually dribble the ball in the basketball court as opposed to, like, being um, Joe Prunty's. Mm. Hashtag Joe Prunty's still in the playoffs. But Dude, he's having a, having a heck of a series thus far. Do you – I love – I don't know – that that – it is a joke, a sub joke line on Twitter is like, who is the Bucks coach? And it's like, dude, it's Joe, Joe Prunty, man. He was born at, born and bred, you know, with the Nets. And yeah. he's, he's a Nets survivor. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't even know if, if any of the coaches that are currently coaching in the playoffs, probably he's the only ex net that is, that is left though. Something just exploded outside, my, <laughs> outside my window. But yeah, no, seriously, that's what the, the Prigioni splitter thing means. It, I like that instead of diving into like the – I mean, I don't have a name, like the Kurt Rambis pile that they're diving into. Let's grab intelligent players who have some different experience and see if they could bring something different to our staffs as opposed to Kurt mm-hmm. Rambis, which we all kind of know what that experience is like. It's all yeah. crappy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you said it all. Honestly, I have no – opinions about <laughs> yes. as, i know i had to make one is, up and that was really good though you really um i tried you hard felt, you put some meat on those bones <laughs> for sure um okay the next season is over brian wait wait we have a couple of things i can touch on before we can we can get in the news a little bit some news first of all please jeremy lynn fans on twitter you guys need to chill out what's happening yes. This is from like two weeks ago, but already <laughs> I'm seeing the percolating of Jeremy Lin fans. Some some dudes talking about him like coming right in and starting, trying to pick fights, classic Jeremy Lin fights. About it's like guys, this is not the season to be doing that. This is not. This, I'm, I'm sorry. I I'm a big Jeremy Lin fan. Mike is a big Jeremy Lin fan, but going out on Twitter picking fights about is he starting or not is not the move. That's not the lifestyle you want to lead. I just want to say that. And it's not the life like it's not the lifestyle with this team, man. It's just that that's not going to be the vibe. I mean, D'Angelo had to come off the bench after injury at times, yeah. you know. Like that—that's just not. I no more special treatment for Jeremy Lin on this team. I thought he at one point he had special treatment and deservedly so. I, I'm not going to say he had special treatment. No, I but like he had like you know he was getting paid designated status as a veteran leader, yeah, right? Right. Some exactly. Certain respect. Like very few players on Atkinson's roster actually gets a level of respect where they're getting more minutes than they should. Um, not that Jeremy Lin was getting more minutes than he should, but like it was obviously when Jeremy Lin was healthy, like he was a key player on this team. Um, as he comes back to this, it would be like a cast member from Friends who had left. Let's say Monica left in season four. She came <laughs> back in season five. You know what? Who's eating her minutes? Uh, Lisa Kudrow, uh, Jennifer Aniston, okay, Phoebe. Phoebe, right? Phoebe and Rachel. They're eating those minutes. It's more like actually, like they're. It's like Janice steps up, you know, and takes it. Yes, those minutes. Killer comparison. The the Quincy AC of Friends. <laughs> Quincy no. AC of Friends is Janice. Um, Lisa Kudrow is probably Ronde. Great. 
perfect. All right, save it. Save it for the next yeah, one. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it for. I've actually, my wife and I are now rolling back through Friends, as many people have done. Stunning show. I mean, St- stunning, stunning. I guffaw so much watching that show. It's embarrassing. Really, I feel. Oh I feel old. Like yeah. it's in, like the laugh you just track. Just imagine the two of you, each with your own tub full of Hagen does, going to town. <laughs> Dude, I can see it. Ample Hills, first off, is the ice cream we eat, Brooklyn made, and if they want to sponsor the pod, get at me. Ample Hills. All right. You heard it here first. Um, Any other bits of news that you wanted to get at? Anything else? Um, (laughs) This was inspired by the Hamadou Diallo talk. Um, Uh So first of all, shout out to YouTube channel Project Prospect. Um, I always like to shout out YouTube channels that I think are doing the Lord's work. Um, They had a good bit about Hamadou. But here's my here's my bit. Hamadou Diallo is being linked to the Nets a lot from a lot of different places, and everyone's calling him the sleeper of the draft. At what point does the being called the sleeper of the draft then negate you from being perceived as this? You know, there's right. like a meta, like you can't be constantly called the sleeper and then still be the sleeper. Well, and it's like almost like the Thon Maker was a sleeper of that draft, and he got draft. Dude, what is ten overall? Baker, do you is I mean, what's going to happen with this dude? Is he good or what? I don't know, but I mean, if he wants to get flipped to the Nets, I'd be super happy about it. But I feel like the the Bucks are like taking a lot of bullets that that we would probably be be taking ourselves. Like it feels like DJ Wilson's just like getting no minutes, no run. Thon Maker appears to not be super good. And then the Jabari Parker connection. Not that the Nets really have it, but we created that train. We we, well, we literally know, built man. the tracks on that train, and it may happen. <laughs> I think it's like an Alan Crabb speaking into existence oh, kind of thing. Stop. Like, I mean, don't bring up his name. As as the uh, I mean, you, you saw the Jabari thing where he was he like based like it seems like it's getting really ugly. So I mean, yeah. one way or another, he's going to leave. I don't know what that means. What he gets on the open market? What do you think he gets? I don't know. So it's very. It's like, does he take the one year deal? or two year deal with a mutual option type thing where he just says, you know, I feel like if I go to a better, if I like, let's say if he says, I want to go to the nets and I know there's D'Angelo Russell there, but beyond him, there's no other like prime scorers. I go to the nets, good developmental staff. I've signed there for, I don't know, let's say two years, 24 million mutual option for the second year. I'm going to prove myself in that one year, make some money play on a staff and a team that likes to build people up. And then hopefully then I can jump back into the market. Um, and, and I think 2019 is also another crazy free agent class that I have to dig into a little bit more than I have, but I don't know, something like that. Like he's, he's more, making more than Jaleel Okafor is going to make. I, I can say that confidently. Mm. Um, it's just so weird because there's so much like all this um, focus on Paul George and a couple of the big guys and then there's all this debate of like no one's going to make any money anymore in the NBA because of what happened with the bubble. Mm-hmm. So the value of players is all thrown off and there's like really no comparables anymore. Um but like I don't know, he's still a guy who is young, who had scored 20 points a game, who can shoot threes and you know, athleticism was never a prime part of his game. So even if he's let's say slightly diminished with his knee problems, the ACL, I don't know. He's there's value there, and there's there's going to be a team that I think would want to pay him for a show me contract just to see what they could get. That could be the Nets, but I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. 
Um, does he pass the eye test for you? The more that I watch him, <clears throat> sort of like the less I'm <laughs> a believer. I hate to say it. I know. I, I don't. I don't. I, I do like him, and I think like if you like, I would learn to appreciate him. Um, but like, I don't know. What do you? What do you? See did you just? You see did him? you just? He's an acquired taste. Me? Is that what I just heard? What? I think you just. He's an acquired taste. Me about Jabari Parker. Like I think like you just have to. You have to learn to appreciate him. That's what I mean. Like. I think I, I think I would like I think if he was on the nets and be like wow he's really smart he knows how to score, but I think if you put him with D'Angelo Russell, then you kind of have two guys who, let's say are are more focused on putting the ball in the basket than setting other guys up. D'Angelo does like to set people up, but D'Angelo mm-hmm. would rather be a thirty point scorer than a ten assist guy. Jabari yeah, doesn't guy. give a crap about assists. I'll say this, and just to tie this back around, in the Project Prospect video about Hamadou Diallo, his comp that they gave him was Archie Goodwin, which I thought was a hilarious. <laughs> oh, you can't be a sleeper in the draft if you're Archie Goodwin. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a funny That's a funny bit. Anyways, okay. Do you want to get to our superlatives? Let's do superlatives. If you don't know what a superlative is, I'm not exactly sure the definition of the word, but... It's a thing you say about someone that is like a general title, like best. So I was class clown in my high school, Brian. I don't know if you know that. That was like a thing. You know, it was very famous. Were you actually the class clown? Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. I don't want to talk about it. Those kids were, I mean, (laughs) so embarrassing. (laughs) Um, Thanks, Brian. Um, Okay. Do you want to start off with one of yours? So each of us, so what we did was we didn't just do like best player. We kind of created our own little fun awards, which is just an enjoyable thing to do. Um, Brian, do you want to begin with your show? Yeah. So this is the Destined to Have a Added 15 Pounds of Muscle Headline <laughs> This Summer Award. Um, this is every year you're going to find a, a headline for one player on every team that added 15 pounds of muscle. Who's it going to be this year, Michael? Um, Karis LeVert? Yeah, that's the correct answer. Yes. Okay. He's got the frame for it, and he's not a... Um, d- despite his name, his namesake doesn't rely that much on vertical to do what he does. Would probably benefit from a little bit of muscle. Um, does he do it though? I don't know, Mike. It, it seems like so. There's only two. There's now. There's like another path, right? There's the Victor Oladipo losing 15 pounds. Also, I, but oh. I think Carousel Vert is going to be in the the gain 15 pounds of muscle, best shape of his life. I mean, everyone's yeah. always in the best shape of their life. But yeah. he's going to be like a noticeably bulkier player, and we're all going to get so excited. Yeah, and it's probably not going to turn out that well, but that's fine. I don't want to jinx it. All right, go, Mike. You. All right. So this is my the Force Awakens Award, which is a retitled from most disappointing. Um, I think everyone can agree who the most disappointing player was this season. But Brian, who do you think the most disappointing player was this season? You, you've changed everything. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, what What does this change from? You had you had a bunch of different other titled ones when we G chatted earlier. I don't think so. The Force Awakens Award. Did you change it? Um. Anyways, the most disappointing. I mean, like, I mean, I hate to say. It. Well, Alan Crabb is obviously like, yeah. Yeah. despite despite the fact that he turned it on. Um, I'm trying to think if there's even a second place. Like, who is second place for that? The well, I mean, like you could put Jeremy Lin. It's not his fault. But it's disappointing the, that he was hurt. It's an incomplete. Who else? Um, Hard to say. That is, so is D'Angelo disappointing? I don't say so. No, no way. Yeah, 
I think if anything, he's maybe a little. Um, not what's the? He's appointing. He's not disappointing. He's appointing. <laughs> yeah, that that's right? how it works. Yeah, no, it's perfect. <laughs> um, it's Alan Crab, and there's like he's just so overshadowing, uh, overshadowingly disappointing that it almost I can't even see any other disappointment on this team. Like you, you're forgetting his big forty point games, okay? Yeah, or the one or um, when he had like three games in a row of more than ten points, and everyone was like, "This is the push." This is the yeah. crab push. Um, right. Yeah. He's disappointing because, yes, so he came over as a three-point shooter and was like, okay, we're going to give him more shots, give him more opportunity to do more in the offense. And he was a worse shooter than last year, and he couldn't do anything else in the offense but shoot threes. So that's not fun and not enjoyable to watch. And he's making $19 million a year. He's the most disappointing. <laughs> Next up is the <laughs> Quincy AC in 2017 award. Ooh, what this is that? This is a guy who plays half a season, way above his averages, and then the next year he comes back and you don't want to see him ever again. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I love Quincy. You're my boy. You're all of our boys. We love you. We're, we're hoping that you come back strong next year. It was a difficult season at times this year. At times. Um, Mike, your answer. Well, I know because I know what your answer is going to be because I just know you. Can you pivot? Can you can you try to pick a different one? I mean, you don't have it's Dante Cunningham is the answer. (laughs) Is the obvious answer. There's just no way that he doesn't come back next year and begin to infuriate everybody, in my opinion. Um, But Mike, you may have a different answer. So Spencer Dinwiddie could dramatically be because friend of the show. So he'll never come on because he's the type of person that would know that we say this and then yeah. we're we're never going to ever speak to him again. He's scrupulous. Um, but you can make the argument that we all uh, glorified Quincy, not Quincy Aces, Spencer Dinwiddie's season too early. And we were talking about his assist to turnover ratio, how amazing it was. He was hitting big end of game shots. And, we're, and I wrote an article saying he would make Twenty million dollars a year on his next contract. Um, Smart, good take. Then he proceeded to still be fine, but not very good. His shooting went way down. Um, he ended up just being like a a fine point guard. And at the end of the season, it became obvious that it was like D'Angelo is going to lead the team, Lavert's going to carry a lot of the load, and then Dinwiddie's going to be sort of coming in and filling in, all, being the glue guy, but not being. Uh, maybe this like amazing uh, hidden gem project that he was maybe believed to be before. It, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie has still has a lot of talent. He's still super young. You know, I I, I don't, I'm not saying that he's Quincy AC 2007, but it's a possibility, Brian. It's a on possibility the on the spectrum. spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> um, Go my, ahead. My next word, a word is uh, the, my Metro card swipe won't work award aka (laughs) aka most frustrating i think all new yorkers can understand the Uh pain that it is you see the train coming and you're swiping your card through the machine and it will not let you insufficient fare or it says swipe again or whatever it says it's very frustrating this is my answer is after yours what's your most frustrating net this season 
so like most frustrating for me to watch or most frustrating for them i'm gonna go most for like Ooh. they're the most frustrated person it's obviously like julia Okafor is just like mm. triggered right now he's the only guy that's really triggered on the squad um, so you're saying from the nets perspective from yeah like from the personnel perspective like who's the most frustrated it's julia Okafor. he's trying to swipe it he's trying he's like what am i doing wrong <laughs> doing everything the way it's supposed to be done and just nothing's working um so yeah, so with with yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? I love that answer. I went from my enjoyment or not my enjoyment, my lack of enjoyment from watching. It's Quincy AC, frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking up some stats today. His like his two point field goal percentage. So if you know what a two point shot is, that means not a three. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball if you're a fan of the show and you don't know what a two point <laughs> shot is, email us at netspot at gmail I want to meet you. I want to meet you. Um, let's go get tea at, um, someplace. I don't know why tea, but Brian, his two point percentage is something like 35% from the field. You're supposed to be able to make twos, especially if you're a big man, right? That's like, if you're, I mean, obviously he's not classically like down in the post doing, you know, post moves or he's not getting many lobs, but he's a big man. He has an advantage by being closer to the rim. That's what height means. You're closer to the rim. Um, and he shot 35% from the field. I tried to look up what that meant for everyone who's six, seven and over, um, for two point percentage, but I was looking up on my iPhone and I couldn't figure out how to do it on the mobile webpage. And I apologize, but he's the most frustrating player. I mean, it's, you know, uh, I think if, if you looked at his three point percentage, it was like 35 also percent from the field. And you'd be like, Oh, a four guy who shoots well from three. That's great. Well, no, when you watch him play basketball, it was annoying, and he would make mistakes. And I love him as a bench mob dude and as a guy getting in people's faces and getting in fights. I don't love him as someone who's relied on at the end of games to make crucial shots, which at times he was this year. So that's my most frustrating. Nice. Thanks. Want me to finish this off? Yeah, give it give it one more. Um, this is the the most delicious cup of coffee award. <laughs> This is the the frappuccino with the Ooh. icing on top. Um, this is the favorite a favorite uh, player who just like played very briefly. You'd you'd totally forget about him um, if we didn't highlight them in this moment. Mike, go. Um. So my cup of coffee award goes to Jeremy Lin. Um, oh, shots fired! <laughs> do you guys remember when he played basketball for the Nets? No, no. But um, I don't know if do you remember Nets Media Day. This is why I'm a fan of him. I stood awkwardly directly behind his head during the press avail. My face was all over uh, Taiwanese Facebook, basketball Facebook. I was very proud of that. Um, Are you still talking about Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Lin. (laughs) Yeah. Remember, like, do you remember, do you remember media day when, like, there was, we were, like, moving from player to player as they were talking. They were all there at the practice facility. We're all, like, everyone's swarming around. Jeremy Lin is obviously the biggest swarm. And Mm -hmm. the only place I could get was like directly behind his head. And I'm literally breathing into his cornrows. And uh, so that's why. And also he only played, what, three minutes? So he's my favorite cup of coffee. Um, Media day is awkward, man. That kind of, that was like a little bit too cringy for me. I might have to miss it this year. (laughs) It's just not, (laughs) I'm going to tell you like, that's every experience with trying to talk to basketball players 
Yeah. Basically. Well, it's not just that, but then it's like also like in the scrum, there's like this hierarchy, and like you get like Jeremy Singlin out there who's just getting no visits at his table, mm-hmm. and then like you know the reporters are like, I'm too hot, I'm too hot s for this guy, and like it cuts, but it's just like, damn, this is this is awkward. This is awkward. Well, do you life. remember when like so Jared Allen came out, and very few people wanted to talk to Jared Allen at that time because one he you know, was a rookie and done anything. He played at Texas. Not many people saw Texas play. He was kind of a surprise pick, of course, by the Nets because he wasn't supposed to fall that far. Like, I remember we walked over to him just to like talk to him a little bit to make him feel better. We, yeah. and like, it, it was not a good conversation. I didn't know what to say. Cause I didn't know anything about Jared Allen. I remember some guy went up to, I think it was Trevor Booker and was like, do you think Lonzo ball is going to win rookie of the year? <laughs> he was like, don't talk to me about this. <laughs> I hate that question. Um, anyways, the yeah. the correct answer to, <laughs> okay. yes. or just not the correct answer, my answer is James Webb the um, oh, third. James, James, James Webb the third. Um, just because, like, you know, there's always just like one little like personal detail that everybody remembers about. Like, if you play two games, like you have to finally have like a, a personal detail from like a broadcaster perspective. And the one that they kept giving about James Webb the third was. He's really funny. He's a really funny guy. He's a really <laughs> he's so funny. He can never talk to him. Up? He's like he's got great jokes. <laughs> Which is like, you know, for Jared Allen, he built the computer and you didn't stop hearing about the computer for the first month of the season. And James Will was just super funny. Very funny guy. <laughs> can you Which I, love. I do like I always think about like so the NFL draft is happening this Thursday, and I always think about like they like part of the description of the athlete talk about the funny person like you describe their personality like he's a team leader i would love to be in a circumstance where like my well maybe i wouldn't what my personality would be like in the workplace it's probably um he's tyrannical and he yells at people which is what happens brian at my workplace you yell at people at work what's going on sometimes yeah it's pretty fun seriously i'm it's intense sometimes it's an intense job and i i gotta i gotta tell people to Shut up. It's part of my really? Job. Yeah, it's pretty fun. You're wound up over there. Yeah. Too much coffee. Yeah, you know. I remember I went to visit Mike's office one time, and he has yes. like one of these Keurig machines. And I was like, you know, drinking some coffee. And I was like, hey, is there any milk? And he's like, no. no. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. Go what kind of office this is. This is a black coffee office. This is suspenders <laughs> and black coffee. You can have Corner cigarette ash. Black- you got that you put that in your coffee um all right superlative number let's say six um i'll pick how about this one the saddest boy award um who was the brian who was the saddest i think this this is an obvious choice but who was the saddest person on the nets this year well, now I'm confused because I used my Julia Locafor for one. I mean, like, I would say, like, Mozgov, but Mozgov is definitely not sad. He's super happy to be parked on the bench. Um, well, and so I'll dovetail that into my most checked out award is Timothy Mozgov. Uh, uh, but I'll back that up later. So, yeah, so who's the – I mean, you can use Okafor. He still can be saddest boy because he's the sad. answer. Um, I'm gonna try. I mean, like obviously, like Jeremy Lin. That's like a sad situation. But like, I don't want to feel so down. Like, I want to celebrate these guys <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I thought like I started off writing these, and they're like, "Wow, these are all negative." Let's just be positive. Let's just be happy. Um, the fifty pounds is is happy. Let's let's think of another one. Where it's like, who's gonna have a super season next year? Award. <laughs> to... well, the the Rondé Hollis Jefferson 
2017-2018 season award. Does it go to Rondé Hollis Jefferson again? Do you think he's going to increase his scoring potential? Um, no, I think I don't Hot think take. he'll. I don't. I don't. I don't. I love Rondé because he, I don't think he'll ever really be a three-point shooter. Just because, just seeing him play, like at this point, like if he had a bit, if he would be able to shoot threes by now, if he can't shoot threes by now, then he's just not going to do it. I don't know. But hot take right now. What is uh, when it's all said and done, Jared Allen's best year in terms of PPG? Ooh. Go seventeen. Wow, that's about <laughs> where I had him. I had him at sixteen point five. That's what I was going to say, dude. Because that feels right. It feels like he's going to be. I don't know what so like what was DeAndre Jordan's best year? Um great question. So that's the ceiling that you're trying to reach cuz if you're just mostly a, a lob player, not that Jared Allen's full lob, but that's mostly what he is. Do you got it right there? He's got more than than lobs. I mean I, I think like the Clint Capella comparison's much better obviously. And I'll go to him next, but 12.7 is DeAndre. That was his best yeah. Average per season, wow. Um, Not good. 17 would be pretty good. 17 would, would be a respectable number for a center who's probably – so, like, another question is what's his best blocks per game season? But, dude, think about this. DeAndre, that's 17 – or that's 12.7, and he's leaving how many free throws per game? He's leaving, you know, a full two free throws on the uh, – on the whatever he's not scoring, he's he's shooting fifty eight actually fifty eight percent from the free throw line is pretty good for him right now. Yeah, that's that's ends up being better than what it was at one point, right? So I don't know. I think seventeen percent is like a representative number of he's involved in the offense. He's not the whole offense. He can do a little bit more than just dunk the ball, but he's not ever gonna be a three point shooter. We don't think um, he may be, but it doesn't seem like that way. If he's 17, 10, and 3, 3 blocks, that's an all-star. That's a pretty awesome player, and that's a better value than what you were expecting at the pick that they got him. So, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, All righty, Mike. I mean, that's it for me. Do you have any others? I got one more. I have the I Was Wrong Award. This, This is my the take I made earlier in the season that I was wrong about after the person played the way they did. Uh, this could also be called the Randy Foy Award because I also said that we would never, before the Randy Foy season, because that's what we will always talk about as being the Randy Foy season, I said we will never have a moment that we will go, oh, Randy Foy did this. And then he literally hit a game winner against, who I think, Charlotte, um, and he did it. He had a moment, and he's having a moment. He's like a great podcaster and – Doing big things, um, yeah. so my I was a wrong I was wrong award is Karis Levert. Called him no legs, Levert. I, wow! I said he should be traded for he should be traded high before the season, thinking that was this high value. I didn't believe that Karis Levert was going to put it together. Now he only averaged twelve four and four. His actually his two point field goal percentage was down this season, but his three point percentage ended the season right around thirty five percent, which is Way better than I thought watching the year. Um, but more than being a 12-4-4 and guy, he was he would like take over games at times. He would he would be the main person, the best player on the floor at times. So um, 
I apologize, Karis LeVert. There, uh, that one wrong. dude on uh, on Twitter is going to come at you again and He's start feast. start lolling. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I have an answer that's different, but only I don't think I was like loud wrong about this or whatever. But like, I definitely was not high on Demar Demari Carroll coming into the season for like I don't know whatever reason. Like, I just was like, yeah, it's probably going to be a, a player that's like sort of frustrating and limited, but um, could not get enough Demari Carroll no matter what. Never did I ever be, was I ever thinking, take this man out of the game under any circumstances. I loved him. Because what was so awesome about him was that he was like, he was a professional basketball player who knew what he was, who knew what he was doing. There wasn't this, so like even with D'Angelo or Karras or Dinwiddie, there's still some awkwardness because they're still trying to figure out the limits of their game. With Damari, it was, I know who I am. I'm a rebounder, sometimes three-point shooter, defensive player. And nothing more. That's why even like I was like refreshed by Jared Cunningham. Jared Cunningham coming on the team was him knowing exactly who he was. Dante Cunningham. Why do I keep saying Jared Cunningham? I don't know. I mean that, you get that Jared was a, Dudley on the mind. No, Jared Cunningham. I looked it up because I was so confused why I keep saying it. He is a player, a former player in the NBA, but I don't know why I keep saying Jared Cunningham instead of Dante Cunningham. Um, when, when was when was Jared Cunningham in the NBA? Very recently. Oh. He he was like a tall guard. Um. But he was he was he, I think he's even younger than Dante is right now, like currently both of them, twenty six um, alive in this world. Um, yeah. So those are the seasons. Who um, who is the Nets MVP, Brian? This season. <laughs> Get out of here! I don't <laughs> answer that kind of question. Um, so we have some exciting pods piling up, coming up. We're trying we got to get high some... profile guests one after another. Bang! This is a bangers. I'll let you behind the curtain in a second. We get as far as getting responses back on emails. Whether we get confirmations for those interviews, we don't know. But we will try, Brian. It's going to happen. We've got our foot in the door, and that's about it. Many but doors. The foot, the foot is in the door. Um, but yeah, we're gonna. We got straight bangers, heaters coming down the pike. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, find us. We're gonna keep podding all off season. We'll do a lot of more season review stuff, sort of looking at particular specific players, how they did this season. Of course, we're going to do free agency stuff. We're going to do draft stuff. We're going to have people on that know what they're talking about beyond us because we are experts in the field of basketball. Brian, um, take us out. Bye, everybody. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy.